that time again everybody for scaring is sharing the podcast where if you have spooky news or frightful views we're gonna share them with each other and you about all things horror that's right what's up what's up we're gonna turn this into a budweiser commercial from no, I the always, 90s i always think of a scary movie even though no, yes, that's true and that's what they were making fun of yep. yes but what's i always up? think of a scary movie with the stoned scream mask yes which and I still other, can find online when I'm like looking for stuff. I still and see And all it. the other guys answering the phone and then everybody's yeah. on the party line. What's up? Oh my God. That first one is so good. I've heard rumors they're going to do a new one and I hope that they Oh, do. really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hope. There's they so much to. to do now. They've yeah. missed so many movies. You could do so much now. All the elevated horror, all of like, they need to do like a legacy sequel with Cin- Cindy mm-hmm. in it. Like with yes. bring Anna Ferris back and make it like Halloween. Like oh. with Jamie Lee Curtis, like a legacy uh, sequel. I would like yeah. make fun of those, and then also all of the elevated horror. Yeah, I want to see them do Hereditary with yes. her in the Tony Collette role. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> oh my god! But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, you we are. are. Sorry, Jeremy, the original Sasquatch, Slim Rusk, and you are the flaming scream queen himself, Brandy Joe Plante. I sure am. Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Brandy Joe. And if you've never listened to us before, first of all, hello, welcome. And for those of you who have, you know the drill. Jeremy and I talk about things, horror stuff, news, views, all of that stuff. And then we get to a movie or movies that one or both of us have not seen before. We share the scares. That's true. (laughs) This week, though... Uh, and I feel like this whole year for us is going to be real heavy on new releases because it, it seems is. like it's a stacked year. So we're trying to trying to get to the theater a lot, too, for y'all, which so, is fun. Yeah, lots of fun. It is so fun. But when I'm doing shows, it can be hard, which is why this is out a day later. And that might happen another time or two as I'm looking at the schedule. We may just have to delay the release just a little bit. And I don't think I mean, we don't have, you know, millions of fans out there who are like, no, give it to me the day you said you will. <laughs> I was just joking, though. I'm pretty sure Teacher Drew noticed because I know he I did write Teacher Drew. Good. Because he's uh, always like, are you guys OK? <laughs> yep. I was worried because I know he's like our he's like the guy. It's hot off the presses. He's listening as soon as it's live, That's which true. we we adore love. you. We love that. Yeah. Um, but sorry, it's a day late. But Saturday morning, hopefully uh, you're listening to it is yeah right now and i think he went to see <laughs> he, he went to see infinity pool as well i think today so he'll be like <gasps> all excited to hear all about it so excellent yeah so jeremy this week i had this sort of featured article with ford that sort of talked about my job there mm-hmm. and within it they also talk about scaring and sharing and i had a couple people hit me up and they're like i listen to your podcast <laughs> that's amazing i read the so article awesome. i had uh a friend of mine uh who uh i don't think he still works at ford but he did before so he follows other social media and he he's the reason i saw your article because he sent it to me and he's like wait isn't this the guy you do the podcast with because <laughs> so he funny. saw it come across and i was like yeah awesome so, so if there are any listeners some ford employees or people who found us for that hi hi it's so good to have you here and thank you for being and checking us out yeah jeremy there's just it feels like forever since we last talked 
And I just yeah. have so many, so many things. It does feel like it. But first it? of all, Jeremy, I have something really cool. We haven't had one of these in some long while, but we have some promo codes to give out. <gasps> cool. I know. So there is this new film out called There's Something Wrong with the Children, directed Ooh. by Roxanne Benjamin. I mean, already the title. I'm like so in. I love killer kids, and it sounds like killer kids. So mm -hmm. here's the description. A group of friends on a weekend cabin trip begin to suspect something supernatural is at play when the kids behave strangely after disappearing into the woods overnight. There's Something Wrong with the Children is the latest horror film from Blumhouse Productions, available to buy or rent on digital now this film is not yet rated oh love when they're not rated and this so we have red box promo codes hit us up dm us write us scaring us sharing at gmail.com we will send them to you you can watch it for free on Redbox. if you don't have a Redbox account you can create one super easily it's awesome so yeah, and my it. friend tony just hit me up today and he's like oh my god have you seen this movie i'm like funny you should mention it oh we have some promo codes for the podcast and he said it was super fun so I'm very excited to check it out. Awesome. Le when you look at the poster, it's fun because it kind of, I almost think it's like a leprechaun sequel because they're like, there's like green, like neon greens in it. And if you just glance at it, you think it's a new leprechaun movie, but it's mm. Killer Kids instead. Mm. Yeah. Love it. They should do Killer Kids versus Leprechaun. <gasps> yes. There's something wrong with the children and the leprechaun. I don't know yeah. what the title is. That's not very good. Or maybe like Children of the Corn versus Leprechaun or something like that. Oh my like God. That. Yeah. So speaking of, did you hear about that? Yeah. That movie is finally, finally coming out. Well, technically it already came out because I had yeah, to look that up. That, I remember. That's like weird. And we've talked about it a couple of times. Yeah. But... We talked about it like in the beginning, like two years ago. But now how... they're like, it's finally finished. So that, that's like the wordage now that they're saying. So it's like, well, what was it before? Yeah. Well, what? So what was that premiere you had in two theaters where it played yeah. and then it disappeared? But yeah, it's uh, it's finally uh, coming out. To uh, theaters and then to, like a week later to Shudder. To Shudder. Um, I was reading how it was directed by the guy that did Eon Flux, the live action. Uh, that was the last movie he directed. So. Okay. Uh, Take do with that what you will, but I just thought that was kind of fascinating. Where I was like, "Huh, weird to jump back into the game with a Children of the Corn sequel." Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, or like a reboot is kind of. I don't. We'll see what it is. Yeah, it keeps getting referred to as a remake, mm -hmm. um, but I'm also reading that the plot is only very loosely based on Stephen King's story, even so. I guess it sounds like it's a, a break from the established like continuity and storyline they've done before. So, yeah. And there's also that new Stephen King movie, The Boogeyman, coming out mm, that's mm -hmm. written by Akila Cooper, who we love from Malignant and Megan fame. Mm -hmm. And the trailer is supposed to drop like this weekend when people are listening to this, I think the next day, Sunday. Excellent. That's the word. And I remember reading this short story as a kid, but mm. it seems like something like, I mean, I think very much fleshed out in whatever this movie is like a brother and a sister and there's mm -hmm. a death in the family and then something creepy in the house, which it's, I'm in please. Sounds yeah. great. Yeah. Sounds cool. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other news? Um, so many Jeremy, the one that I think you're most excited about. What is it? What? It, well, I did. I had something. Yeah, no, maybe, I, maybe, maybe it's I what I'm excited it's what, about. Yeah. But, uh, director of barbarian. 
Oh, no, uh, that's, nope, that's, that's where I, that's where I was going. I just thought this was fascinating. Uh, what's his name? Craiger, I think is his last name. I can't yeah. remember his first name right now, but he just signed a deal for his next movie based on how well Barbarian did. He got what, like a seven figure deal, I think, for his next flick. Like we're talking wow. millions of dollars. He scored a development deal for a what's referred to as a horror epic titled mm. we- Weapons, um, which he says it's a multi story so like different character storylines intertwining like horror epic um so i'm thinking something you know like like quentin tarantino's movies but a horror movie where it's a bunch of characters with colliding stories so uh and the fact that he got millions of dollars for it it's like unheard of for that to happen anymore for especially like a horror movie uh we're talking like you know the height of the 90s like indie craze for development deals like that so it that's wild Instead of development hell, it's more like development heaven. Am I right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but the thing I thought you would be most excited about is William Defoe. Oh, joining Willem Nosferatu. Defoe. Willem yes. Defoe is joining Nosferatu. And a lot of people are jumping the gun and saying, like, thinking he's playing the vampire. But that's already cast. That's yeah. Bill, Bill Skarsgård's in that role. So um, he's joining. But I wonder as what. But it doesn't surprise me since he's been in every single one no he wasn't in the witch but Mm -mm. he's been in uh he was in the northman and in the lighthouse so it makes sense that he would join up on robert eggers's next picture so and he's already played the monster or you know some variation on it so like i love the idea that he would be in this having some relation to the story and and everything already and doing something else that's the sort of casting i love I don't know if it's considered stunt casting, I guess maybe a little bit, but also yeah. he has been in other films of his. Yeah. But I, I love that sort of stuff. I just think that that's so clever. Like I love Linda Blair and Scream, which so many people don't even recognize that it's her, but I knew it the second I saw her. I just love those. And that's that's not as stunt casty as Willem Dafoe in a Nosferatu movie, mm-hmm. but I still love that sort of like those um those fun cameos and things yeah like Wes Craven also Scream is just full of them okay yeah Scream's got a lot of them and did you watch the new trailer yes how does it look looks incredible oh my god I heard that the trailer is pretty good about not giving too much away which you know is why I avoid them Mm -hmm. but um one of my friends was like no I think it does a really good job of not really saying too much yeah I think it did a good job of making me super excited to see the movie um but uh i had no freaking clue what the plot's gonna be who knows so that's that's, that's gonna fun. be it's gonna be a lot of fun and that's like most of the fun of the scream franchise is not knowing how it's gonna turn out what's going on who who done it so that's that it's just gonna be great yeah i read an interesting article with the the filmmakers the directors and i their names are escaping me, but who did, you know, the last one and Ready or Not, which is brilliant. And they said, you know, they kind of did five, and I'm going to totally be rephrasing or, you know, paraphrasing. They kind of did five to s- s- show that they could do it, that they could do a Scream film and do it successfully. And now they're able to make the movie that they really want to make with the Scream franchise, as opposed to being like, hey, you know, you guys, we're going to treat this well. You know, we, you're in good hands. We need to prove ourselves. And now they can really sort of let loose a little bit more. Yeah, there. that's cool. There's a sequence that we get a glimpse of in the new trailer that looks wildly different from, you know, anything we've seen before. I just think it's amazing. They're in 
you know, Manhattan getting out of small town suburbs and going to the big city, like that's going to be an amazing jump. And it opens them up to, we get sprinklings of it in this new trailer of probably some incredible set pieces uh, that are going to come out of it. So cannot wait. Cool. I wonder if it's going to be like real, like, look, we're in New York, so we're going to go to, you know, the Statue of Liberty and, like, all that sort of dumb stuff. Like, they're living there, so I hope it isn't, like, touristy. Yeah. I hope that there's got to be a little bit of that in there, but I hope it's not stunt casting in regards to New York City. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it looks like it's going to be much more street level. So it's going to be like, we're in the subways, we're going into bodegas, we're, like, you know, but very, very New York stuff, mm-hmm. um, but still lending itself to, like, great horror movie cat and mouse i think cool that's awesome and i also i know we'd sort of talked about when the exorcist the new one's coming out and i read it's 90 percent done mm. and that october 13th which is friday the 13th in october this year awesome fucking love that is when that first film was supposed to come out which is so exciting yeah we gotta we gotta see that oh we're gonna see that also <laughs> swallowed which is carter smith the guy who mm-hmm. did, wrote the ruins and or didn't wait he didn't write the ruins he directed the ruins yes and wrote but or did that movie bug crush that i fucking love that short that is so fucked up so swallowed has been in the works and jenna malone is in it so excited and it's coming out officially in february which i'm also so excited about because it's and, been yeah and apparently uh, uh from uh, uh mr Patton himself from nightmare on elm street 2 is in it Oh, Mark Patton. Yes, yes, yes. You're right. Yep. Yep. I just saw that. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize Mark Patton was in that as well. So uh, yes. very cool. Super queer. I don't know to what degree. I mean, it's called Swallowed and the poster looks kind of gay. Um, <laughs> so I'm there for it. The, the the reviews I've read out there to say it is very much, it's been referred to as unapologetically queer. Yes. So uh, yeah, that's going to be, oh, I think it's going to be something once it's out there. Yep. Oh, it's going to be uh, something. Something yeah. to see. It is just, uh, it's a terrific year for horror already. And we're not even through month number one. So no, it's still January. Oh my God, that's like, so great. How awesome. And it's usually yeah. the month for the worst stuff. This is the month I saw The Lodge, the last film I saw in theaters before the pandemic, which I fucking hated, even though that is um, a divisive film. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see it? Nope. I had enough. Many people told me it was not good. I don't think I had anyone say they enjoyed it. So There are lots of people who did, though. That's for sure. Oh, my God. The Lodge was so scary. I'm like, fuck off. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. You can have your opinions. <laughs> <laughs> see, I don't trust anything. When most people are saying it was so scary, I find I am not scared of it at all. And, you know, but you and I. We're a different breed. We have to dig deeper for the scares. We're going to more challenging material. So the Oscars came out this week. The noms. The noms. Of course, no horror love, no Mia Goth, but Andrea Riseborough was the biggest surprise. Yeah. And I've just been like my friend the day before was like, I I think she's going to get nominated. I'm like, for what? And he's like, this movie, all these actors have been having private parties and like trying to get her nominated because I guess she's really fucking good in it because she's fucking good in everything mm-hmm. and and she got nominated so that was not for a horror film but she's done a lot of horror things yes she has so that was the only thing but really bummed out about terrifier 2 not getting nominated either <laughs> for anything it would have been great though for like makeup or you know yeah. some sort of effects like it, it it was fucking good yeah that would have been a fun upset but yeah mia goth was robbed 
I think totally. I think I'm gonna make t-shirts or something that say yes. that. That'd be great. Oh my those. god, there's bound to be something. Somebody's like gotta that. have that. Yeah, but she should have got it for Pearl for sure. Uh, for fucking sure. Um, so we have some telegrams, but before that, do you have any other news? Uh, probably, but you know, <laughs> I've just—it's hard to keep up and remember. So. All right. Well, let's do some telegrams. Um, I I'm gonna start us off with a small, a shorty but a goodie from a friend of the podcast, Lauren, who wrote and said, "We finally watched Deadstream last night, and it was awesome. It was funny to watch and point out the accuracy of the tech because he is a casual streamer and a theater slash computer nerd for life. And he, being her husband slash partner, I believe that they're married. Uh, but I believe that's who she's talking about. But you need to see Deadstream." my dear friend. So that's mm-hmm. something on my list to give to you. Oh, good. One of these days. Yeah, soon. I very yeah, much... It's so up your fucking I need, alley. I need to watch it. I've now had like everyone I freaking know that's even casually into horror movies seems to have watched it. And is like, have you seen it yet? And I haven't. So here we are. Here we are. But Lauren, thank you so much for writing in as always. Always so good to hear from you. And thank you. I'm going to definitely give that to Jeremy real soon. Cool. So Jeremy, you have one. Give it to us. Yes, uh, from Alan, or Al, as he signs it in caps. I love it. Uh, And Al says, hey, friends, as a follow-up to the horror anniversary question, I've got something to admit in this safe space. Yes, we are a safe space for all your horror opinions. I have never seen The Exorcist. Uh, I was not a fan of horror growing up and would even say I was a bit of a Halloween-y TM Pete and Pete. <laughs> uh, which I'm I only kind of remember Pete and Pete from my childhood. I watched that I don't one, know what but that is. I'm old. It, it was a Nickelodeon sitcom, okay. but it was uh, all I remember is that Iggy Pop was in it. Weird. Before who I knew who Iggy Pop, you know what he actually was, but or who he was. Uh, anyway, monster movies were fine, but paranormal stuff and slashers were always a bit too much for me. I've been slowly catching up on things, but it's definitely left me with some major blind spots in the classics canon. All that being said, I plan on holding off on The Exorcist until I can see it in a theater with an audience, hopefully at an anniversary screening sometime later this year. Or if there aren't any local ones, I'll just have to host my own. Hell. Uh, Thanks, Al. And you're going to get lucky. I'm sure of it. I was talking about it with a friend today. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's probably going to happen, especially with the new one coming out in October. I bet you. Wouldn't that be a double feature? The original and then the new one. I bet there's going to be some of that happening. Yeah, got to. And if not, hey, Al, if you throw a little exorcist uh, viewing party, that would be awesome. I'd be interested in doing such a thing. So we'll make it fucking happen. We are talking at the Ringwald about doing some more film screens. We just are like want to combine forces with affirmations the building we're in get a Mm -hmm. decent projector and a a decent screen and do more screenings there because yeah we'd fucking yeah halloween time uh yes that would be killer so i think you're gonna get lucky al i really do it's gonna happen it's gonna happen you're gonna see the exorcist yeah and thanks for writing in and yeah i mean that is the way to see it on the big screen i still haven't seen it that way but if you've never seen it, I'm just that that's a amazing. I don't think that that's blasphemous. If you were like, I don't want to see it, it's a piece of shit, but that doesn't sound like what it is. I think it's just one of those things that escaped you. Just like I, I have so many too. So mm-hmm. now and I don't have as many because of you, Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, well, we're helping each other out there. But <laughs> uh, The Exorcist, too. Yeah. That's a, that's a movie, not The Exorcist, too. 
don't watch that one, but <laughs> Exorcist as well. Um, that's a great communal movie because I've never seen it in a theater, but I have watched it a few times over the years with like a group of friends and especially people that hadn't seen it. And it's mm. always just a, a fun. That's just a great movie because I think it's still shocking and it still holds up. It's uh, it's uh, horrific power today that it still catches people off guard if they have no idea what's going to happen in the movie. Oh, it's fucking great. So good. All right. Well, our final telegram comes from my friend Matthew, and the subject line is Skinamarink. And he writes, Hello, Brandy and Jeremy. Last weekend, I went to see Skinamarink. I'd already heard very mixed things about it, so I knew I was going into something a little unusual, but I thought I should at least attempt to watch this film in a theater. Here are my thoughts. I felt that at times the movie was a little hard to see. I understand that was the filmmaker's intention, was to have this super eight-home movie look, but the effects or filter that they used made it challenging for me. But I understand it's the look that they were going for. The only thing is, I felt that some shots were repeated a few times and I really didn't see the need. It seems to me they were trying to pad the film to be a feature-length film, in my opinion. I've heard this film started as a short subject, so I wonder why they had to stretch the story to feature length. I would think that this format might actually be good in an anthology-based series where you can tell three or four stories that interweave with each other. I did like the ambition of the filmmakers to make a movie like this. It was very different than any other horror film I'd seen. I didn't hate it, but I wouldn't say that I liked it that much. But I like seeing what people can do with the horror genre, and I'm all for trying something new. Matthew. Thanks, Matthew, for writing it. And I gotta say, I kept hearing how good the trailer was, so this week I finally watched the trailer, and the trailer is fucking good. The trailer mm. is spooky. It keeps re like repeating in this house with that, you know, Ian mm -hmm. from It's Only a Podcast voice. But then it does like weird things with it, but it keeps repeating and it's so eerie. I made me want to watch the movie again, even though it was on like my least favorite movies of last year. <laughs> yeah, I remember I remember you saying you didn't like it, but now I'm hearing all about this. Even I know. Uh, uh, my, one of my coworkers heard about it, talked about it on the radio, and he's like, have you heard about this movie? People are, critics are saying it's the scariest thing to come out in a long time, so. And I mean, I think I said this, but if I didn't, I'll come clean. Although I'm, I've been honest about it. I mean, I fell asleep in it because it was so boring <laughs> so it's kind of wrong for me to be like it's one of my least favorite movies of last year because you missed it was so boring. because <laughs> i did miss some of it but it was just i was just so like i was like jesus i agree with so much of what matthew is saying here that i think it if it had been a half hour film it would have been scary as fuck and mm -hmm. all of that i also agree with i did like that because so many found footagey type films do the exact same thing and this one felt different and like it's camera angles and the grain and that it wasn't doing your standard um jump scares and things like that that come with the territory of found footage it was definitely different and i did appreciate that but i was just like no way should this be whatever 90 minutes 85 whatever the fuck it is like it just was like no no mm. but i'm Especially now that's in theaters. Once Matthew wrote and said that, I was kind of like, oh, maybe I should give it a so, shot. 
go and pay for it unlike the first time where i streamed it illegally which you know was a big deal that all these somehow someone got a hold of the screener and that everyone was watching it illegally but it's made more than a million dollars in theaters which is very good for it so it's doing quite well yeah because everyone's talking about it whether they they hate it or love it it's usually fairly extreme so mm-hmm. we got to get you to watch it yeah so. i should probably check it out as well yeah all right. Well, thanks, Matthew. And everyone, if you want to write to us, scaringasharing at gmail.com. Slide into our DMs on Instagram. Scaring and sharing is our, our name. So find us. So you can find us. Yeah. Did you watch anything this past week? Uh, I did have a few mentions I wanted to give uh, movie-wise uh, over the past couple of weeks. Uh, revisited a couple of cult classics that I haven't watched in a minute. Uh, the first up would be Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which I Fun. was flipping through a Amazon Prime uh, video and was like, oh, I just want to throw something on that's fun and I can uh, engage with or engage or choose to disengage with because I'm right. familiar with it. And I was like, oh, Killer Clowns, let's do it. But it hooked me. I, I haven't seen it in a, a few years. I think it's, it's been since I've rewatched it and I was in, I was laughing. It was, it was fun. Uh, and the other one was day of the dead, which I've not watched since we covered it on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just happened to see it on one of the streaming who knows, I can't keep track of them anymore, but it was streaming somewhere. And I was like, Oh, day of the dead. Yeah. I, I could do a zombie movie right now. And Oh man, Mwah. those oh. Romero, his original trilogy of zombie flicks. Just that one was one of the biggest surprises. Loved it so much. Yeah, and it still, I was like five stars. It it holds up. This and I think it gets better with age. It's just yeah. aging really well. The music, the music, the storyline, acting, yeah, the, the themes. Uh, you have a badass uh female lead as mm-hmm. the hero like uh, and like just... a good zombie or like you know yeah like a change up from like hey all the zombies are bad like it's there's some humor in it yep. some different kinds of humor because i know that there's some humor like dawn with the dead like commentary more so than anything yeah some very dark humor in that one but it, it just it's, it's great great gore effects it just holds up yeah um so just wanted to give a shout out there uh and uh last of us i've been watching oh, the you have hbo series uh, and i love it the that's first what two, everyone's saying first two episodes like and i the 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 i never played the second video game but the first video game is probably one of my favorite video games ever it's just it was such an enjoyable experience so uh they're doing uh tremendous justice to the storyline uh so okay. it's, a, it's a great adaptation um and I have to admit, I kind of have a crush on Pedro Pascal. So I don't think I know who that is. So I'll find out when I watch it. Yeah, he's the lead. And uh, I'm just, you know, he he is great. So cool. Yeah, I'm definitely going to, as I've said, binge it once there's enough out that I can maybe like the week before the finale so that I can binge mm-hmm. it and then watch the finale whatever yeah cool and I, I had a friend who i was talking to about that and he's like i was gonna binge it but there's all these spoilers online and i i haven't seen any so somehow yeah. i'm escaping that i don't know what sort of spoilery things there are two episodes in but yeah, but yeah. i haven't seen a lot of spoilers out in the wild just a lot of articles where they're like here's how they did this special effect and like some of that like nothing to you know not really dissecting the plots or anything okay so yeah i I did read, I think the second episode had like a big 
influx of viewers, which mm. is always good, as mm-hmm. opposed to the opposite, which yeah. definitely can happen. Um, but yeah. Uh, T- today they announced it got renewed for season two. Oh, good. So it's already a lock for a second season. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, let's see. I watched Nocturnal Animals with Amy Adams and Jake Gyllenhaal, which I'd never seen. It's adjacent. There's mm-hmm. a section of it that is very much that movie Speak No Evil, but mm-hmm. years before Speak No Evil came out. It has a very similar feel oh, okay. to it. And it's definitely kind of one of those movies where afterwards I had to watch one of those like, what does it all mean? Or oh, okay. ending explained because I was like, what? Like I liked it, but I don't. Um, I, but what? <laughs> yeah, I I seem to remember when it came out. Uh, I missed that one because um, I was kind of interested. But then I saw a lot of negative reactions to it when it first came out. So I just kind of lost track of it. But uh, I, I definitely always meant to watch that one. Yeah, it was it was good. I didn't like absolutely love it, but it was good. There's definitely like some stories within the story. So if like you hate that sort of stuff, then you're definitely not going to like this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so yeah, but I, I I found it interesting. I was definitely intrigued from start to finish. And mm. um, Amy Adams is a fairly cold character, which isn't typical Amy Adams. So, but yeah, I love her. Definitely have a little bit of Amy Adams fatigue over the, the past few years. I think but, I can agree with that. Yeah. But, oh my God, her, like her first, like main film was Junebug, like about 20 years ago. And she is so fucking brilliant in it. She got nominated for an Oscar and I really wanted her to win, but she didn't because no one knew who she was yet. Mm. But she's absolutely brilliant in that movie. It's such a sweet, quiet little film. Uh, So yeah, if you haven't seen Junebug, check it out. Fucking love it. Uh, The other film I watched, and I actually watched it a couple weeks ago and I forgot to mention it, is this film called Soft and Quiet. I think Hmm. it came out last year. Have you heard of this film? I've heard the title. Okay, it's a Blumhouse film. And... It is um, it's challenging. I kept reading how hard it was to watch, and I was just very curious what that meant. And it's sort of like you're following this this group of like all these women, and like they're all getting together for like a little like gathering at a church, and then you sort of find out what they're gathering about, and then it gets real dark, and it just keeps getting darker and darker. Uh, it has Yara from It Follows. She's like the friend of the sisters mm-hmm. who has like that little clamshell reader. Oh, I love yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah love yeah. her. And then she's in the season of Channel Zero I like the least, season three. All the other seasons I'm real fond of, but season three was just fucking weird. Um, and not in a great way. But she's very she's she's just kind of fascinating to watch. She's just very different than a lot of actors and a lot of performers. So Mm-hmm. I like watching her, but yeah, it is. Um, it's a it's a, a weird little film. I, I don't okay. want to say too much about it in case someone's like, oh, I want to check that out. Like I, I'm, yeah, I say go in blind, but no, it's it's challenging. So, okay. warning, warning, challenging, maybe some triggers. That's okay. I want to talk about trigger warnings a little bit because I read something this week where, and this will kind of maybe lead us into our film, unless your um have something else to discuss. Nope, I'm, I'm done with views okay. and news. Okay. So. so I read this thing that was like, um, I can't remember exactly how the quote went, but it went something like, I'm not responsible for your triggers. You're, you should be responsible for, 
for like investigating to see if something might trigger you. I don't that I'm wording it, it was worded much more elegantly, but essentially like if you're going to a movie and let's say you know seeing an animal get hurt would be a trigger. There is that website, does the dog die.com or whatever that mm-hmm. Tess told us about. And I think that has a lot of triggers in it. It's not just animals getting killed. Oh, yeah, it rape all and all of sorts stuff. of stuff. Yep. So I've thought about that a lot in regards to theater because I know some websites will say like um either trigger warnings, sexual abuse, drug abuse, dot dot dot, whatever. Or they'll say like um, if you're interested in what trigger warning triggers might be in this production, contact us here or click this button. Like they're not straight up right in your face. Like they don't mention what they are. And mm-hmm. I kind of appreciate that because for someone who doesn't like spoilers, like if I went to a website or was investigating a movie and it said trigger warning, drug abuse, I would know that that's going to be in it. And it would bother me that I knew it before watching it. Okay. You know, but anyway, so. I bring this all up to kind of, I guess, um, steer us into our film, which starts off with a trigger warning. So let's get into our film. Oh, I did want to say, though, the, the uh, about trigger warnings. Uh, yes. It's, uh, some people seem to be upset about the idea. Like, it's your job, as you're saying, to research it. But it, all this is to say, as if we haven't already had trigger warnings in the past as part of like our viewing culture, we just didn't call them that. Because uh, remember, television programs always used to have in the beginning, warning, may contain material not suitable for younger viewers or something like that. Like, that's been a thing we've done. So maybe there's just a way to create like a more generic language uh, where we understand it like coded wise. Uh, you're, with- you're right, because when I'm watching TV shows on like Hulu or Netflix... And I, I go back and forth because I know I was kind of like, well, it's up to this quote that I read that was like, it's up to you to own your trigger warnings or to like investigate. Mm-hmm. It's not like up to the artist to to spoon feed you that there are these triggers here. Mm-hmm. And I go back and forth because like on things like Netflix and Hulu's you have and Hulu's on Hulu, you have like children coming in. And I remember specifically with 13 Reasons Why, which spoiler alert, if you don't know. There it deals a lot with suicide, mm-hmm. and there was a, a big hubbubaloo about that because there's very graphic suicide in it, and, and there weren't trigger warnings or whatever. Yeah, and it's and a show people. aimed at yeah younger people too. So I, yeah, I remember that caused a huge stir. But I almost wish you could turn it off or on because when I'm watching a TV show on Hulu or whatever, I don't again it. It bugs me when I see that because I know there's going to be sexual abuse, drug abuse, whatever. Things that, like, I would prefer not to know about because I know I'm not going to be triggered personally, me, myself. And I'm not trying to be selfish, but I wish I could have the choice of saying, yes, I want to know those things or no, I don't. Mm -hmm. But I, I suppose I could understand as, like, a giant corporation or really any sort of artistry that you might just want to. You'd rather be on the safe side than for someone to come and have a nervous breakdown in your theater or whatever because you didn't make it aware to them. So I go back and forth on it, but it's definitely, I think, an interesting topic. Yes. I mean, now in the case of Infinity Pool, yes. uh, that is a trigger warning that probably should be there because that's one that affects your, like, your health (laughs) the photosensitivity trigger warning so let's get into it so we went and saw infinity pool it came out technically today but really you know as movies do they drop on thursday nights now Mm -hmm. and it is a 2023 film directed by brandon cronenberg or baby cronenberg as i like to call him or son of cronenberg or son of cronenberg (laughs) like son of fly 
Yep. Son of the Fly? Or what is that movie called? Son of Fly? Wait, there's... Wait, Isn't there's, there son, a, there's a son, son of son of Frankenstein. Is there not a Fly movie with the son of? Well, there... Okay, so the sequel to the Cronenberg remake is about his son, but it's just called The Fly 2. But I thought the old one had... Well, there's The Fly, Return of the Fly. Oh, okay. And then I think... I thought Kurt, there was a son of The Fly. I think that sounds like it should be, but it <laughs> unfortunately is not. Okay. So the tagline of this film is, find out what kind of a creature you really are. <sighs> and the... Description is, while staying at an isolated island resort, James and M are enjoying a perfect vacation of pristine beaches, exceptional staff, and soaking up the sun. But guided by the seductive and mysterious Gabby, they venture outside the resort grounds and find themselves in a culture filled with violence, hedonism, and untold horror. That is a great description, I gotta say. It's got a little bit of a misdirect in there, too. And and it does not give away, because right before I saw this movie... I talked to my friend Vince, who does not watch anything scary at all. And I told him I was coming to see it, and he just rattled off everything he knew about this movie, which were all things I did not know about this movie. And the whole time I was like, okay, well, now I know all these things that I wouldn't have known. I was so annoyed because I don't like spoilers. Yeah, that's dangerous. <laughs> do not. If you so. value your well-being, do not give uh, BJP spoilers. Yeah, so. and don't talk to Vince if, <laughs> about horror movies. So so this movie starts off before it even begins with a spoiler, or not spoiler warning, but like... Trigger warning. War- warning, there are flashing lights that may, you know mess with your um oh my god epilepsy which may cause you know epileptic seizures or whatever Mm -hmm. i've never seen that in a film before yeah i think i think that's the first time i've seen that and i just was surprised i'm like there's and it just made me think of that whole trigger warning conversation Mm -hmm. because i'm like well if i was epileptic i bet there's somewhere where i can go to say like can i watch this movie without mm-hmm. like being having you know possible issues so it just it was so surprising to me to see that there i mean i appreciate it and it also just this whole topic of what do you think about trigger warning so mm-hmm. but yeah so that started things off and i and then the opening credits are so cool no spoilers but like they're all different fonts and stuff and yeah. different colors it was Wild. so cool and then the ending credits are also really cool which are very different but also just fucking cool just so yeah. creative Whoever that graphic designer was doing that stuff, uh, wow. kudos, kudos. So what did you think of this film? Okay. I want to tell you what kind of animal I really am. Uh, and, <laughs> You're and that's a cat. The, and that's, I'm a kitty cat, uh, <laughs> which is also the kind of animal that really loves this movie. I was just, <laughs> I was locked in. Yeah. Yeah, you were. I can imagine yeah. you were. Yeah. We went with my friend Harry, who is a, a new friend of mine. I mean, I've known him for a while, but like I just found out he was into horror movies a, a couple of weeks ago. And so we were chatting this week and I was like, come with us. And um, so it was fun to come with him to the film. There were some people in front of us at first. I thought they were old ladies because they had like their blankets on their lap. And then as the film went on, I realized they were children, children <laughs> like high schoolers yep. who laughed at every little bit of of nudity which there's a lot of it in this film mm-hmm. and anything uncomfortable they were giggling i swear they were like smoking like their 
pot vape pens too. I kept smelling that. Mm-hmm. They, they they were doing they taking Snapchat pictures of themselves. I really like. I saw myself in one of the frames, and I wanted to like flip them off in it. And I just was like, I and I kept wanting to say, um, are you guys in the wrong theater? Puss in Boots is theater too. <laughs> like I really wanted to say that so badly. <laughs> uh, <sighs> but yes, I especially if you've seen okay. Fuck those kids. <laughs> Yo, fuck the kids. <laughs> um, but if you haven't seen Possessor, which is another Brandon Cronenberg movie, you got to check it out. It's a great companion piece to this. There's mm. so many similarities, but also they're totally their own films, which I appreciate. And I was thinking, too, as much as uh, I did see I, I read some critic reviews, but like non-spoiler reviews before uh, we went to see it. Uh, and I saw somebody say that this is the movie where Brandon Cronenberg has definitely stepped out of his father's shadow. Like there's no argument that he's his own director. Uh, you know, we can stop comparing them because he's, you know, not just riding his dad's coattails. Uh, but at the same time, this felt like there was flavorings of uh, David Cronenberg, Daddy Cronenberg's uh, Naked Lunch in here like mm. uh with the the just a little bit not exactly uh you know ap- apples to apples here but i i felt oh, okay if i were to come uh to put this with in like a double feature uh it would be probably naked lunch from his dad's overall yeah and i i mean i don't know i felt with possessor like oh i can see like once you hear that daddy Cronenberg is his dad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it makes total sense. Yes. But I feel like this movie, it's the same sort of thing. Like you can definitely see the influence there, but it doesn't feel like a ripoff. It feels like, Oh, we're in the same family. And I also am intrigued by body horror Mm -hmm. and, and just weird things. He baby Cronenberg definitely has a thing for masks, creepy masks. Mm-hmm. I mean, in Possessor, it's not a mask. It's technically her melting face. Yeah. But it looks like a mask, and I was going to buy that mask, so I think of that. But here, there are really creepy faces as well. Yes. Which and masks. are eerie. Yes. Yeah. The masks are so fucking creepy in this, and I want them. I'm going to have to look on Etsy for them. And as we're... It's just... I don't know. As I'm digesting this thing... Maybe even Videodrome a little bit, too. Like, I feel like totally. there is yeah. to- tonally something in there. Because uh, th- this movie, man, uh, and I saw somebody say something to this effect, so I'm ripping it off a little bit here. But yeah, where David Cronenberg is interested in the degradation of our body and the the, the failure and destruction of our bodies and, you know, the, the horror that comes out of that. Um Brandon Cronenberg seems to be going even deeper and darker than that. Uh, And uh, it's almost like the destruction of the soul is what uh, this reviewer had said. And I can really feel that from this movie because it's not just the body, like the body seems incidental in this movie, the body horror. It's not even the main focus. There's something more sinister and deeper going on. Yeah. And it's because I just watched crimes of the future. Which is, you know, back to Daddy Cronenberg's, like, body horror, like, that he does so well. But there's something about Baby Cronenberg's films that feels, like, sexier and almost more enjoyable to watch. 
I mm-hmm. heard this described something as like the most fucked up episode of the White Lotus you've ever seen. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I, I saw forgot that about blurb that too. until the very end. Like, really, it was the very end when I remembered that quote uh-huh. coming up. And that's a perfect it, time to think about that. And then it's like, that. yep. But I was like, oh my god, it totally is. I've only seen the first first season of the White Lotus, but a hundred percent that that fits so well. But there's just something sexier about it and more digestible mm-hmm. than his father's works i think yeah it, which it, are a little more challenging and at the same time there's like a darker undercurrent like this is humorous but it's the the most pitch black humor uh in in this film in a way that i i feel david cronenberg is a little more apt to your well not necessarily happy endings but it ends in a satisfying place. I feel like his movies are a little more still structured towards uh, being uh, digestible to the mainstream uh, where I think Brandon's kind of uh, at the mainstream just slightly. He doesn't necessarily want to be fully in there uh, uh, yet, but I, I don't know. Yeah, which brings up an interesting point because when I first watched Possessor, I thought I watched one on my little streaming site I use called Possessor Uncut, but it was not because after the film, one of my friends said, I said, I don't know why it was uncut. And they were like, well, probably because of that scene where dot, mm-hmm. dot, dot. And I was like, uh, I definitely did not see that. Which so is the version I, wa- I saw. Yeah, which then I watched the actual Possessor Uncut on like Hulu. I think it was on there if it's not still. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's like these three things in particular that are like not in the version I saw where the the violence is more extreme and the sex is more graphic. And one of the little spoilers I'd heard about this film was something that never happened in it. And then afterwards, we were briefly talking in the theater and you mentioned that you knew of some knowledge of an actual like unrated version that is not the one we saw. Yeah, it's it's playing only in like the film festival circuit, like okay, Sundance or wherever they showed this. That was the, and it was a surprise. People didn't know it either. It was the NC seventeen. It's not technically unrated because it did get rated by the MPAA, but they gave it an NC seventeen. So that's running around the festival circuit in theaters. Though it's the R cut. Yeah, because you definitely see some penis and some boy button. I mean, you see all nudity, and that was one of those things that those kids in front of us, there's like an older gentleman who's naked in the film, and his body is not, he's not like ripped and stuff. And I just, every time they show this guy, these fucking kids would laugh, and it annoyed me so much. Because I was grateful that there was a naked guy on screen who was not... Hollywood. Totally. He was like... Like this European older daddy who was like, you know, with this like younger girl that was probably, you know, whatever, like, you know, she, he was a sh- her sugar daddy or whatever. You don't really know. But I just, I, I just, I appreciated that. I like, I thought it was fascinating and I was like, good for you, baby mm-hmm. Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like to see non conventional uh, yeah non-conventional or not even conventional because it's technically probably conventional because how many people true, actually true, look true. like that uh non-hollywoodized non-glamorized like yeah get real i like real bodies i'll call it that not that you know hollywood isn't but it's a idealized thing they sell us and i like when movies break from that because then it feels very real yeah and mia goth is good in this she's extremely unlikable which after all the stuff I've been watching with her where she's so fucking good, 
and like like even Pearl. Like you still root for her. You still root for her. There's lots of these things that you root for her. You're there for her. And here it is different. <laughs> yeah, here it is just no thank you. <laughs> she is strident. She is um aggressive. She's not likable at all. But no. I think that she's still very good. She's still just like so fascinating to watch. Yeah. And that this was something Harry and I were talking about too, as we walked out of the theater was I'm loving her in these roles, but it might be time uh, to break away. Cause she's on the verge of being typecast as like Mia Goth showed up. She's crazy. Don't trust her. You know, like it's <laughs> it might be time to step away from that for a minute. Yeah. It would be fun to just have her be, you know, the damsel in distress, but also one who can kick some ass because even an ex where she, she plays both. Which is mm-hmm. like, oh, you're the best of both worlds, Miley Cyrus. But you also could have her just be like the straight up like final girl of a film, which could be a fun, fun twist after being yeah. like sort of the baddie in so many things. And I guess it remains to be seen which direction Maxine will go once yep. that's out. So we'll see. But oh my god, Alexander Skarsgard, what a dream. And isn't he like six foot seven or something ridiculous? Yeah, he's, he's like, like really tall. six five. He's really oh tall. Oh my god, that's you can just tell. And he's Swedish just, giant. Oh my god. And wait, so Bill Skarsgard is his brother? Yes, that's his that younger brother. Amazing. They're both so good and so different. There's uh Alexander, I believe, is oldest. Um, there's a middle brother who uh played the character Floki in the, the TV series Vikings. Like that's his big claim to fame. Who I also, shock. Sure. I didn't, I didn't know he was a scar scar until I'm like, wait a minute, he's related to them. Okay, there's another brother, and then Bill, uh, and those are the three actor brothers because I think there's some other siblings, but I don't think they're in the business. Yeah, Alexander's the like super sexy one, and Bill is like the the creepy mysterious one. Yep, and then I want to say I think it's Lars in the middle. Uh, of course, he, it is Lars. He's like he's like the intense one, intense okay. character, intense uh, character acting is like what he does. So, yeah, but I really loved Alexander Skarsgård in this. I just thought he was so yeah. good. You really empathetic. Yeah. Um, I was in with that journey. Like I was, uh, I I was following him. I was very intrigued to to watch this man's (laughs) disintegration, so to speak. Yeah. So can we get into spoiler shit now? Yeah, I think. Okay. So if you want to watch this movie, go watch it before you listen to more of what we're saying. Um, But if you don't want to watch this movie and you don't care, then we're about to get into some spoiler stuff. Then you're going to hear it. So if you're, not going to see this movie and you want to know. So essentially in this country, wherever they are, is it, do they tell us where it is? Yeah. They keep saying the name, but it's not a real country. Okay. So it just like, I kept losing it. I'm like, and, and Tio and Tillo or something. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's made up. So in this country, if like, as an American, if you get into trouble, like in this case, um, Alexander Skarsgård accidentally like hit and runs a guy and kills him. And the next day, the cops bring him in, and it's very confusing. I really wanted subtitles. <laughs> mm-hmm. I couldn't <laughs> I understand that some the of the point. language. Yeah, I think he's but... like, I don't even understand what's going on. Yep. But essentially, if you give them a lot of money, they'll make a clone of you to kill. Mm-hmm. So the confusing thing, like to be like executed for your crimes. Yep. The confusing thing is, like, so for this guy he killed, 
they bring in the son of the man who died to kill the clone of Alexander Skarsgård. Yes. But like Alexander Skarsgård has to watch the execution. That's like a part of it. But like they don't hide him away. So like I feel like the kid knows he's killing a clone. Yeah, but apparently that's just part of their culture because then they keep talking about like, oh, yeah, the doubling is this long time like thing they've done. So uh, I I guess like a therapeutic sort of thing. But like what a fascinating notion like this and possessor. I'm just like these concepts you come up with that Mm -hmm. you're like. I'm going to make this world where this happens when you cause a crime instead of killing you and charging you with it, we'll make a double. And so we can get, you can go off and you don't, you can live your life, but also keep spending and you're going to keep spending money. We want you alive because you're a rich person and you're going to keep spending money in our, you know, little resort. So that is fascinating. And in possessor, the whole, like, a hitman that can go into the bodies of other people to make them the response. Like it's, it's a little, it's so crazy to just be like, here's the world we're going to live in. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. And you, you just jogged uh, the point I wanted to make earlier about the difference between daddy and baby Cronenberg, where daddy still has some hope in humanity. Like there, there's still an underlying current, a current I think of humans will do the right thing eventually when pushed to the extreme. Whereas uh, Baby Cronenberg, I think, is a little more cynical. I feel like there's a bit more just disdain for humanity at large. Uh, we will never do the right thing. Uh, we're awful, uh, and it, isn't it absurd and hilarious that we're this awful? <laughs> so that's kind of that's the vibe I got here. That I think David's still a little more human friendly. He still yeah wants us to rise above our bodies failing us. I did have two. There were two jump scares in this movie that got me. Both of them. Oh, which was the, fun. Yeah, yeah. There's two specific ones that the like one got are, me because it's loud. So yeah, and then there was a second one. I don't even. It was just like a jump. I don't even remember, but it made me made me jump like a jump in like the film cut or whatever, a quick mm-hmm. cut. But yeah, uh, and then there's a scene where the young boy, the son of the first person he kills, like comes back into like a uh, sort of. Uh, a hallucination mm-hmm. and that was fucking creepy yes he was, it was so scary he reminded me of the little kid in, in salem's law at the window yeah just like a creepy smiling little boy oh my god he was so scary that creeped me the fuck out yeah that was wild so after he this clone of him is killed it happens multiple times like he kind of falls in with this group of people that that's what they do they come to this resort they get into trouble clones are created they pay a lot of money the clones are killed they watch them and then they go out and wreak more havoc it's Mm -hmm. so bizarre but he gets sort of caught up in this and there's a point where they're they tell him like let's get revenge on this cop or whatever and they're beating the cop and he has a bag over his head and you always know in a horror movie or anywhere if there's a bag over the head it's not going to be who you think it is yeah it's not going to be good you're not going to learn that lesson i learned that lesson from a serbian film okay you Uh really don't want to know who's under the the pillowcases (laughs) in that one okay you really don't want to (laughs) know but here i just i knew partially because of what vince had said to me about 
He said that Alexander Skarsgård like either gave him, himself a blowjob or fucked himself. And so I kept waiting for that to happen and it didn't. And I thought for sure it was going to happen in this moment when it is revealed that he's beating the crap out of his own self. And mm-hmm. they, they tricked him into doing that. But that's sort of like knocks him out of his mind a little bit. Like he's like, I'm, I'm done with this. And they're like, yeah. no, you're not. This is very fucked up. I'm suddenly realizing is like how that played out. You're like, oh, yeah. come on, Alexander, get with it. Yeah, it is. It is just it is a really bizarre movie, but I just couldn't help but be a little bit enamored by it and mm-hmm. just kind of in awe of its uniqueness. Yeah, I don't know. It, it just it grabbed me from the start. And uh, once we got going, I was like, I'm in. I'm in. So let's talk about the title just a little bit. So you see an infinity pool a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And then Mia Goth tells a story about how her husband had been creating an infinity pool there, I think, right? Yeah. At this resort. So or probably she, the one we saw. She said a couple resorts down. Okay. And it like something happened and it killed a couple of people, which is how they sort of fell into this no like finding out about the clone making assassination or yeah. um not assassination executions executions what did you think about the title what aside from knowing that yeah it's like something i want to read like a dissertation on yeah exactly i wanted to read (laughs) deeper into it like i feel like so uh, an infinity pool is a pool that appears to merge with its surrounding landscape right uh, so like it's kind uh, of an illusion. Yeah, it's like you're looking at it. It looks like it just goes into the ocean or, you know, uh, whatever. Or into the sky if you're like up yep. in like the Hollywood Hills or whatever. Yep, up into the sky. Uh, so I wonder if there's something there from just the very definition of an infinity pool. Like, were they in their own infinity pool of their own making? Uh, perhaps. Um something there i'm not quite sure how that would work but maybe something like that or it's just uh the the story she tells the story of an infinity pool uh killing people uh and that's kind of where they're escalating to so i wonder if there's something just from the i picked a random interesting phrase out of the story that's in the script and just said that's the title infinity pool (laughs) yeah i want to read more into that because i i think that there is something to it but i couldn't fully grasp it myself i also love that i was what wait he does go into like a weird little pool to get the clones made of him that's true and they could make the clones for infinity apparently so perhaps that's true it's just a forever repeating sort of thing a cyclical sort of yeah. event mm-hmm. i did love because i was thinking well how do you know that they killed the clone and not the real person uh-huh. and i love that they bring that up yeah as opposed to us just thinking it or being like oh well maybe your audience will never think of that because i was thinking it when they brought it up and i still wonder i love that you don't really know yeah, because it's like an unknowable question, really. So, yeah, yeah I, I just thought that was amazing. An amazing way to illustrate it is just bring it up in dialogue and be like, yeah, we'll never know. And it's inconsequential because it's unknowable. So, yeah, it's just it's it's a really fascinating little film. And I, I, I'm i glad it has a theatrical release. I don't know how it's going to do. I can't imagine it's going to yeah. be like gangbusters, but I'm glad we got to see it in a theater. Yeah, that's oof. It was great. This is the kind of movie I want to uh, see in theaters and have that experience, which is something challenging that really makes me uh, be like, oh, wow, this is uh, 
film can be art. Boom. Here's a here's a perfect example. Yeah. And this is the sort of film I watching at, would have been the sort of thing you'd see at the main art back mm-hmm. in the day when the main art and Royal Oak, which is this little art yeah. house film film house would be open they would show this kind of stuff that couldn't get a wider release yeah but now it's sort of like all bleeds together like the indie film is more popular than it ever has been ever mm-hmm. and it can come out in major because there's so many theaters with so many screens that it can come out and sometimes things just hit and it doesn't have to go from art house to the big theater it can just start at the big theaters just in fewer of them and yeah. then expand if need be yeah, it's wild. And also just how crazy that like Megan, we saw in the theater a couple weeks ago, and now you can get it streaming. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like, I just saw. like it happens so quickly now. It's yeah, like a the, matter of weeks. The theater to video pipeline is just it's so accelerated. And that's COVID 100 percent. Yeah. Cost cost is responsible for that. But I love it. I personally, I think. Yeah. It's and I don't think we'll ever go back now. The genies, you can't put the genie back in the bottle, as they say. It's uh but it's, thank God COVID didn't ruin movie theaters. Yes. It's just changed it, which, I mean, evolution, that's what it's all about. Change. Yeah. Change you know? with it. Anything else you'd like to say? No, I think that about covers it. This was uh, this was challenging, but yeah. enjoyable. So out of five creepy melted faces, I don't know what the fuck they were. Yeah, weird raw meat melted face masks <laughs> raw um, meat melted face masks out of five how many do you give infinity pool i give infinity pool four and a half <gasps> wow well i'm gonna give it four still a solid scare of approval big fat scare of approval right here so fat so girthy we love that go see it Go see it and write to us. Tell us your thoughts on everything. Trigger warnings, infinity pool, life, love, the pursuit of happiness. <laughs> the exorcist. <laughs> the exorcist. Scaring and sharing at gmail.com. And yeah, um, th- it was great. Good times. Great oldies. Love it. Love it. Love you, Jeremy. I love you. All right. Well, everyone, uh, it's in the trees. It's coming. And remember, food's a little funny at the Clown Cafe. And keep watching and talking about scary movies because... Scaring is sharing. The more you know. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.